This is Cami. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 26. Why should you not build a community, Madeline? I can't think of a reason. Well, I can think of five. Are you feeling antisocial today? Eh, maybe a little. <laughs> Just a little bit. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So in our last episode, episode number 25, we talked about how to participate in Twitter chats. But something we haven't talked about yet is when you should not consider building a community. That's a really big one. You have to come up with those times that you're not going to do it. So what do you think about that, Madeline? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that we're not really actively thinking about because we focus on building communities. But yeah, in this episode, let's talk about why you should not, you know, what are the reasons for not building a community? So number one, because everyone else is doing it. That's not really a good reason to do it. No. And a lot of people do that with all kinds of social media tactics, Facebook pages, Twitter pages. What I found out is that if you start something just because you feel like it's something you should do, then you often are resentful of it and it doesn't work out that well for you. So we talked about this actually, when we first started communities that convert, whether we were going to start a community or not. And we didn't start one immediately, like out the gate, did we? No, we did not. You know, it takes a lot of time and planning and you want to really think things through. So just because everyone else is doing something, are you going to jump off the bridge and do it too? No. So, you know, you got to give it a lot of thought, which is what we did. I mean, we didn't jump into this blindly. Mm -mm, Not at all. And I think it's really important to have that why, you know, That would be our reason number two. Another reason not to start a community is because you don't really have a compelling reason to do so. These things take a lot of work. It's not something that you just put a couple of hours into and move on to the next thing. It's it's actually people and their lives and connections. And so if you don't really have a compelling reason to start a community, maybe you should consider not starting it right away. Maybe down the line you might want to, or maybe you never will. So if, you know, it doesn't come to mind for you why you definitely need a community, then you don't need to have one specifically. What's another reason that you can think of? And, you know, it also boils down to, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people. You know, when you and I decided to collaborate, I felt like you were the right person to do this with. And I imagine you felt the same thing as well. So, you know, going back to having a compelling reason, you know, it's about having the being surrounded by the right people to do it. Oh, definitely. And having a partner is really great. I know a lot of people do these things on their own. And I know you have your own podcast that you do on your own. And you've often told me 
you know, it's hard. It's hard to kind of keep that momentum whenever you're kind of doing something on your own. Certainly, both you and I are very independent people. So certainly doing something on our own is not out of the given. But what I'm saying is in a community situation, communities take lots of people. So even if it isn't being done like you and I are as a tag team, certainly you have to have a group of people around you in that community that are just as committed to it as you are. I totally agree. The third reason is when there's already an existing community that meets your needs. So, you know, with me starting Twitter Smarter, for instance, if there was already 10 different podcasts about Twitter tips, you know, do I really need to be number 11? So you want to think about if there's already the things that you want to do, if there's already communities out there and this already exists, it's meeting the needs of yours, of others, you know, is that a reason for you to do it? it, This goes back to the why, you know, I think is, you know, why do it if there are already plenty out there? What's your thought about that, Cammie? Well, I definitely agree with you, except for I will say that a lot of people might say to that, you know, the the market's pretty saturated right now with all kinds of different ideas and, and so forth. So I know that there's a million communities out there about how to build your business or how to build your coaching business or how to start selling your coaching products or whatever. So, I mean, I look at that too sometimes and wonder, where do I fit in in this little area? So I would also caution you that it's not that just because a community already exists that you shouldn't start a community. However, if there is an existing community that meets your current needs. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, a lot of times like say, Manage Flitter is a good example with, with social ROI. What a great thing for them to do. They started that community, but really, you know, they could have taken their money and put it into Twitter smarter. Do you know what I'm saying? And said to you, Hey, so, I mean, somebody could have come to you and said, Hey, can I do this? But they wanted to specifically niche down to social ROI, which is a different topic, right? So that's a little more broad for what they needed, but say there's a Twitter company out there. And I don't know that does Twitter specific types of things. And they say, you know, I really don't want to put in all the effort it takes to start a community and keep it running and, and feed it and care for it. So what they can do is then sponsor a community or make sure that they're there every week to connect with the people that are on the podcast so or on the Twitter chat or in the Facebook group. And we'll talk a little bit more here in a second about a cool tool that we created for you to help you find that little niche place that you might fit in for your community. So I would say that, yes, if there's already existing community that meets your needs that you can become a part of, and it's a lot less work for you, you can consider not starting your own community, but instead taking your superpowers and adding them to an existing community. I think social media breakfast is a little bit like that too. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to have us come off like, hey, don't go start a community because, you know, oh, if the market is saturated... I also say to that, that if you feel like you have something to contribute, your own spin on it, sure, you know, but when it is saturated, when there's so many people doing it, you definitely want to think hard about that. But I I agree with you, social media breakfast, you're doing a great thing. So instead of, oh, let me go start a morning breakfast, bringing people together on social media, instead, why don't I come and volunteer at yours? Exactly. Or, you know, come and just be a part of that community. And I see people all the time doing business at social media breakfast. They invite their clients, they sit down with them, they have the breakfast. And then afterwards they have meetings with their clients or 
they get new clients from the group. I see it happening all the time. So I'm not the only one that benefits from that community. Everybody that comes and puts their effort into it benefits greatly from that community. So there's no need for another breakfast community in Houston, although somebody could start one. And maybe, you know, they may say, hey, we want a more of a mastermind environment. We want five or six people around a table really like supporting each other. So five or six people might break off and go off and start their own thing and do that. And that meets their needs. And that's a different kind of community. So that's what I mean by niching, you know, finding places or somebody may say, hey, it would be great to have like a happy hour social media community. And then they'd start that here. And a whole different crowd of people that couldn't come to the breakfast might come to the that after right. work type of social you know, environment. Whereas I'm picking up my kids off the bus, you know, all of the young single, you know, 20 somethings, which I was once might want to have another opportunity to meet with people in their own peer group and do something together. So I don't say that, you know, you can only have one community. If you have one social media community in town, that's the only one there. But we do need to make sure that we differentiate ourselves if we have a community. So like I said, our little um, cheat sheet that I put together for you, which we'll talk about here in a minute, totally walks you through how to find that little niche for yourself as well. So number four is when you don't necessarily need to be the market leader in your niche. So if you really aren't the kind of person that says, I want to be out front, I want to be the one that's leading the way in all of these areas, maybe you don't need to start a community on your own. Maybe you just need to be a part of one and become very, very integral and useful inside of that community. What do you think about that? Absolutely. So and a great example would be with my Twitter Smarter Chat, I have my volunteer group of greeters and they love that I'm the leader of the group, but they like helping behind the scenes. They like putting, helping me put the chat together. They, uh, one of them is my community manager. So she puts together the topic and the questions each week. And they love the role that they have where I'm the shining market leader and they're the shining behind the scenes helpers. So I think there are plenty of times where it really pays to be helping the leader and you can get all so much out of it and get seen in a great way with uh, everybody. Definitely. And whenever you do that, you can inadvertently, if you will, become recognized for being that role. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that want to be administrative assistants or they want to be useful engines. I had somebody the other day tell me, I just want to be a useful engine. I don't want to be out front. I want you to be out front. I want to be the useful engine behind what you're doing. And I just want to make sure that I pick up a lot of work and believe you me, this person, I give this person as much work as I possibly can. And they, I work with them all the time because I know I can trust them to take something from the beginning to the end all the way. So I would say that, you know, if you're just looking for becoming really well known for what you do, it doesn't mean that you have to lead, like go out and speak at conferences and stand up in front of everybody and put your face on your website. All of that stuff is not necessary. I think for alpha types like you and me, we tend to forget that sometimes that, you know, it's not so important necessarily for everyone to be out front. Great point. I love that. Thanks for sharing that, Kimmy. Yeah. So the fifth one, we have the fifth one here. So we've had everyone else is doing it. Don't do it. If only just for that reason. Number two, when you don't have a compelling reason, don't do it. Number three, when there's already an existing community that meets your needs with much less work, don't start a community. When you don't need to be the market leader or don't want to be the market leader, 
And number five, drum roll is. We can do a drum roll. We did that a few oh, yeah, episodes back. That. Well, that was kind of fun. Let's see if we can do it. Okay. Drum roll. When your primary goal is ROI. I know that sounds really weird. So let me explain this one. So when your primary goal is just to make money and as much as you can, as fast as you can, I would suggest you don't start a community for that because they will catch on to the fact that all you really want from them is a sale. And the truth is, is the community is more of a long play in my mind. Now, there are plenty of people that have started making money from their communities right away. So I'm not saying that you can't make money out of your community. You can. This whole podcast is based around the idea that you can convert a lot of things through a community kind of situation. However, what I will say is that if all you really need is to make money and that's really your only focus, your community will really catch that and they won't necessarily feel as valued. So think of a community as a long play. And I guess when I say long play, give it at least six months to kind of catch on and move forward. I mean, if you go on for like two, three, four years and you're still not making any money from your community, you might want to then like reevaluate let's say at the end of a year, look and see what's going on. If it's a year and a half out, you still haven't really launched in. I mean, by the end of year two, I definitely consider why am I doing this? And maybe your goal isn't money. Maybe it's advocacy or helping people or, you know, getting people through all kinds of issues. So your community may not be money driven. And in that case, I think a community is a great thing. You can have a converting community. I'm in a couple of paid communities. You are too. Um, where we've paid to be in the door. And those people are making money off of the community, uh, no doubt about it. So it's totally okay to make money. But I don't think that having it as your primary goal is going to be the best way for it to work. I don't know. Do you agree with that? or I do. Because what you're basically saying is when it's the short game, not the long game. You know, right. when, it's, when it's like, hey, I'm trying to make a quick buck off everybody, then people do feel that. They sense it. They know it. and that's just not, in my opinion, and in yours, the best way to go. When it's the long game, that's a whole different story. So I agree with you with with this, Cami. I think, you know, you know, what is your reason behind this? What are your goals? And when it's just short-term ROI, I just feel like that's not the best way to do it. Yeah. And on the other hand, don't play such the long game that you never try to move forward. So I know that it's very safe feeling to sort of just hang out in the community and then not like move forward. And I've struggled with this myself. So I understand it very well. So I would say that, you know, definitely have, have a really strong goal for what you want to do with that community. And also make sure that part of that goal is how you're going to enrich them, what you're going to help them do. Exactly. Now, we have a call to action for this episode something that we put that you put together, Cami, you want to mention this? Sure. So I was thinking along when I was putting together the information for this episode about what would really help you guys to evaluate whether you should start a community or not start a community or whether you should participate in a community or not participate. So I put together a really quick community participation audit and cheat sheet so that you can go through, look at each community you're involved with, and quickly pinpoint whether you can add another kind of community that would really make sense or whether you should just be participating in that community and what value you should add. So it won't take very long to fill out. I hope you guys download it. We'll have the link to this in our show notes today. And 
yeah, so I'm really excited that that you go and get this right away. You're going to go to communities that convert. And when you go to the first blog post there, it'll be right there. When you get there, you can download it. That's awesome. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to download it and do it as well. And we want you to share what you've learned in this episode and in other episodes over on our Facebook community page. So come join our community, be part of the Facebook group we put together. We want to hear from you. We want you to be actively involved. So if you're not there already, go over to Facebook, type in Communities That Convert, look for the group. There's also a page. You could do both, uh, but we really want you to be actively involved with the group. If you want the direct link, go to facebook.com slash groups slash communities that convert. And there is a secret word. Cami, what's the secret word that gets them into the Facebook group? Action. Okay. You heard it from Cami. Don't tell anybody. Is that going to be your next tattoo? Can you get action tattooed on you? I could. I don't know if I want to get that tattooed, but I'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) What about Sharpie? Will you take Sharpie? (laughs) That I could do. I could do the Sharpie. I like action's a great word. I love that. Look at me trying to get her to get a new tattoo when I won't even get one. Okay. Well, that is it for today. And we will be back next week with more amazing content. Please definitely sign up to get the email so that you're alerted immediately. And if you download the cool cheat sheet that I got you, you will be on our email list and you'll get it automatically. So please do that. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you so much. And if you haven't done so, we would love a rating and review in iTunes. We would love for you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. We've got listeners on Spotify. I love it. And Overcast. I love all the places you guys are listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and tell your friends. And we'll see you back here next week. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode, and we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar, that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R, and also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.